Hey, everybody. For this episode of the EM Over Easy podcast, I'm joined by John and Tanner and two very special guests, Jeff Comp and Gita Penza, a discussion we had at the ACOAP Spring Seminar back in April. And if you forgot, we are the official podcast of the ACOAP, so visit ACOAP.org today to learn more about their CME offerings and to possibly become a member and find out ways you can get involved with this awesome organization. So now to the episode. We really kind of wanted to talk today about failure. And I know this is a topic that is very timely. I mean, if you were at the keynote this morning with George Willis, he talked about it and kind of his approach to it. Um, I know, you know, Gita and the bulk of her podcast is talking to people about how to embrace the idea that not that you've failed, but the, like there's now a, an event that you have to relive some mistakes um, that might've happened either from you or from a system standpoint. But we really kind of want to talk about the uncomfortable topic of failure and and really kind of wanted to let John kind of lead us in because I know John's been wanting to do this episode for a while. So John, why don't you kind of start the conversation and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. So failure is a, a big part of my life. We have all experienced or will experience failure in our lives. And we talk about how our responses to that are basically dictate how we enjoy or come out of that experience, whether it's for the better or for the worse. And it's a shared experience. And I think for most people, the perception is it's a shared negative experience. And so it's not about contrasting how big your failure is compared to someone else's, right? It's about the feeling that you have when you feel like you have let yourself or those that you care about down. And it permeates the ethos, right? Here recently, um, I saw a meme and it was funny because I just read about the script for this, but the meme was, no matter how bad of a day you're having, you didn't get a ship stuck in the Suez Canal, right? And I laughed because, it, because it's funny, right? But then I actually thought about it. Like, imagine you were that person that did and you that meme popped up on your timeline over and over and over five years from now, 10 years from now. 15 years from now. And I understand that that's, that's one person, right? But is that really, like we talk about forgiveness and things like that, but that was a moment that I think we universally would say was a failure, but that doesn't mean that person's a failure. It doesn't, you know, I don't know this person, but, but I was really thinking about that. Like, God, could you imagine waking up and there it is on your Twitter timeline 20 years from now or whatever is the new Twitter at that point. I thought it was a great uh, conversation starter, right? We all have it and let's talk about it and talk about what we do with it. And I just love Gita's perspective on kind of her own individual take on it. And I just thought it would be a great way to bring it up. I think everybody that's been hit by a, a lawsuit or had a patient expire, which is probably just about everyone experiences that as some version of failure. And what's your what's your take on that? Physicians are a really challenging group of people to talk to failure about, I think. You know, failure is a really hot topic right now in the business world. There's all sorts of books about it. And, you know, you can read about grit and resilience and like all these really wonderful buzzwords. And that's because failure in medicine is really, I think it's inherently different than failure anywhere else. Right. And we are professionally raised in a performance based environment. We sort of grow up in medicine, like knowing like we have to achieve certain things and you're going to learn something. You're going to be right. You're going to be wrong with these diagnoses. And when we fail, we're failing oftentimes someone else. 
right? And someone who had trust and faith in our abilities. And we are not just letting them down. You didn't like lose their money. This is about the essence of their health and welfare and the people who love them and their family. And there is a lot wrapped up in what we consider failure as physicians. When I talk to people who have experienced, um, let's say they, they lost a trial or they know that they made an error that, um, that led to an adverse outcome. The only thing I can offer them really is, you know, I, I offer them resources and they're, they're really interesting books that you can read, but, um, but taking the long view about it. And when you talk about that, the pilot of the, the, the captain of the pilot boat that got, you know, the ever, it's not, it wasn't called the evergreen, that it had a different name, the ever something anyway, who got that stuck, Right. The only thing that you can do in the moment, I think, is to not completely construct your life around that one mistake, right? So we are all much more as physicians than our, than this one case that we're thinking about. We have helped countless people. We have, you know, so keeping those things in mind and perspective is very, very hard to do, but also important at some point. And I think that the, if any, if I don't know if anyone's familiar with, um, I, I am a Brene Brown fan I, in her book, Daring Greatly focuses on, she calls it the face down in the arena moment. And the, the whole book is really a take on this, the Theodore Roosevelt man in the arena speech. And she focuses very much on that time that you're face down in the arena and what happens in your head when you're down there and how on earth do you get up? What is that process? And it's fascinating, but, but sometimes you've got to take the really long, the really long view, but just knowing that it's possible because other people have done it is really empowering. I think that's something that's, that's very interesting. Uh, Almost being able to kind of focus on like the Perry failure events, right? So what are the things that, that are sort of happening around? What's the, the acute sort of initial response and how do you work on trying to, if possible, sort of acknowledging some of the feelings and emotions, but also making sure that you're trying to push this towards some sort of possible growth or learning, right? I mean, what matters most is how you walk through the fire and how you can kind of get yourself to to, to pull back up and, and move on and, and frankly, find yourself in a position where you may fail again and learning how you can how you can do that because that's kind of what we need to do um, as, as EM physicians. I think that's a great point that brings us to this whole growth mindset, fixed mindset um, that I think a lot of people are familiar with now. I think some people are more inclined to that growth mindset. There are people who are naturally more optimistic um, and hopeful. It's, you know, there are personality types. Uh, But I do think it's important to also understand that a growth mindset and that kind of outlook can actually be taught. And, you know, there's all sorts of cognitive, behavioral, psychological ways to train yourself into having that kind of a view of failure um, and a growth mindset. And I, those are, I, I think they're all fascinating. Um, I do think they work for a lot of people. You just have to be sort of ready to, to accept that. You know, I, I think about this a lot because, you know, in terms of, I don't know who here has kids, but in, in raising my kids, like right now is college acceptance season. Uh, and I have a high school senior. So my middle my middle kid is a high school senior, and she'll never be hearing this. So I'll say, you know, it's pretty tough to work. You know, she's been sort of working towards this goal. She's the top kid in her class, and she just just found out she got you know waitlisted at her top five top five choices. Number six is pretty good, but uh, you know, 
it's not any of those. And so I have this long view of what it means to not get what you want, but thinking about how to talk to her about that um, and about how like, this does not in any way define who you are. It's actually how you respond to this and what you do after um, that determines really just like how you live your life after this, you are dealt some cards and you're going to play them. But it is an interesting topic in learning like how to cultivate that that growth mindset, this this ability to learn from your mistakes. It's so interesting listening to you to talk about this. And I'm reflecting as as we're going through on failures and how like how have I failed and trying to just kind of get myself into that position of okay, you know, if I was the Suez Canal guy or whatever, you know, what would I be do, trying to do? And I'm starting to realize, man, I've got, a, I've, I've failed a lot. You know, I, I unfortunately chose the most fail prone sport growing up baseball. So, you know, I was lucky if, if I was succeeding 30% of the time, I was an all-star. Right. And then, you know, you go and we, I apparently chose a specialty where you get very little uh, percent chance of being able to help somebody. If they come in really sick, a patient comes in coding their percent chance of survival is really low unless it's something that you can fix real quickly. And now as a parent, I fail every day when my child doesn't go to the bathroom in the potty. Um, and so it's like over and over, like I see failure everywhere. But if you let each individual moment be the definition of your entire life, you would swirl into a pool of nothing and, and just cry away until the world ended. Uh, but if you take that step back, kind of how you're saying and, and, look at everything. Each individual moment is not me. It's the conglomeration of everything around me that Mm -hmm. comes into me fully. So uh, it's, yeah, very interesting topic when you start thinking about it, because we fail all the time in so many different ways. And some are very big failures and some are very small failures. Um, But wow. Okay. So I'm excited. This is such a great topic because I think there's so much depth here. Where are we going next? One, I appreciate everything everybody said because I think we all realize the idea that um, failure is a part of our life. But Tanner, I want to bring in the baseball analogies. You were talking about, you know, if you were 30% successful, you were good at baseball. And I feel like the problem in medicine is, is if we're not batting a thousand, Mm -hmm. you're not considered acceptable. And I can't think of many other jobs where that is the MO. In fact, I, I recently was on a brother's retreat with two of my brothers, two of my, my, my brother-in-laws and my dad. And, and I was talking with my brother-in-law who works in quality at a big factory. They make thousands of devices a day. And I was like, what's your margin of error? He goes, 27%. And I was like, you're allowed to be wrong 27% of the time. He's like, yeah, that, that's acceptable. And I'm like, man, maybe I should go work in a factory. Because um, mm-hmm. if I was wrong 27% of the time, I wouldn't have a job. I wouldn't have a license. Um, I wouldn't have a livelihood. I, would, I couldn't get credentialed anywhere. Um, but I think that's the, the innate problem, is, as Gita brings up in her podcast. And I think that we are striving for perfection at such a high level within medicine to where when we do fail, it just hurts in a different way. Because I, 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 being an athlete, I have lost wrestling masters, lost races, lost games. And, I can t- and I've lost a lot of them. And never once was that the same as getting a phone call after, you know, your hospital committee says, Hey, uh, you made a decision that led to a patient's early death. You're going to get a packet in the mail, like pales in comparison. And I thought from my perspective, I had done everything right. And then the patient ended up dying precipitously after they were admitted. It's just different. And because we've got, and then you add the high stakes of where this tinder box where we're so worried about failing, then we go home and then we probably take that out on our spouse. 
and we take it out on our loved ones and on our family and our friends and everybody else that we deal with. And then there's just this ricochet back and forth where, you know, they, they don't like that. Um, and so, yeah, just, we just become this big, like pressure cooker for this success, success, success all the time that I get it to where, when people have failures, why people, you know, do some of the things that they do. I think that's a, that's a challenge, right? Because we would really like to be able to say, you know, everyone else has these jobs where they're able to, you know, a failure for one person is accidentally CC and all rather than like the one person. And then we have like the failures where we're like, I mixed up a couple of pretty significant drugs and the stakes. I, I, I mean, I have this conversation with a lot of my friends. Everyone's job is very, very important. Right. But it's just a different experience. And it's hard for us to say, Hey, um, you know, we need to be hard or we need to be easier on ourselves when the outcome is Andy, like you're saying, someone may, someone may die. So how do we balance our own sort of self-compassion with our desire to do what we, what we went into medicine to do in the first place, which is, which is help people. Right. I mean, and that's, I think that's something that I, I continue to struggle with. Right. How do I, how do I say, you know what, this was a learning opportunity. This is where I move on. This is where I move forward, but something negative happens and it's hard to get past just the emotion side to get to the area of potential growth. I think that going back to this question of whether failure defines you as a person, um, I think is really instrumental in these cases. So we are conditioned, I think, to think that these failures mean that we are bad doctors and they don't, that it just means that we're human beings. You know, we are, we are good doctors who will at some point make a mistake or have an adverse event that um, maybe we, maybe we couldn't have predicted, or just maybe we chose some things that in hindsight, we wish we'd made different choices, but the degree to which we internalize that, I think really affects how we recover from that. And I think that one thing that would really help all of us is are more conversations like this, where we're not, you know, maybe not even talking about failure in the abstract, but talking about like mistakes that we have made. I think that coming up in a culture, you know, for our, our residents to come up in a culture where it is understood that physicians will make mistakes and take, there is such a punitive culture about error in medicine that we, you know, these things are largely swept under the rug. And so you're, you're left feeling like nobody else makes mistakes. And if I make a mistake, then I am just a terrible physician. There needs to be a culture change behind it too. A more frequent discussion about how common these things are, which is like, it's basically ubiquitous. How do we recover from that in a way that doesn't make us ashamed and fearful and completely unable to grow from that? experience. Absolutely. And failure, it's such an uncomfortable topic just in general, uh, because again, it's a universal experience. But the thing that I find so fascinating is that different people experience different things of failure to such different degrees, right? So some people may be named in a lawsuit, get dismissed from the case and not really have much concern about that. And then some people get named in a lawsuit. They never get actually sued. They never get taken down the path. But that case haunts them over and over and over. And the concept of being failed or being a failure, letting those around you kind of know that you made a mistake, it goes hand in hand with the concept of shame. And I just recently read about a, just a, a horrible 
case where a 14-year-old was uh, basically blackmailed by an organization and committed suicide over a few thousand dollars because he thought that they were going to release lewd pictures uh, that he had provided in a context that he was basically entrapped. Some of us may think, well, that's just ridiculous. You know, you just report to police. It's no big deal. But in the moment, you feel like you have let everyone down. And so outside of that initial reaction, how do we move forward after we fail? We acknowledge we're all going to do it. How do we conceptualize that? One of the things you had mentioned was that there are some things that we can learn. And I would love it if you would uh, share a couple of those with me. Sure. It is actually a technique that we use when we teach kids about resilience and about learning about failure. Um, I actually, I'm on the, the board of a school that serves students from low socioeconomic backgrounds in Providence in our inner city, they're middle school girls. And when we teach them about resilience, the analogy that we often use is the snow globe or the glitter jar. I actually think of this sometimes when things are just going haywire and I just can't, I cannot find my way. The snow globe, you know, you shake that thing up and everything is flying everywhere. Just your emotions, your thoughts. You don't know which end is up or down. The first thing you do is just, you have to wait. You have to wait for the snow to settle. You have to wait for all of it. And then you look inside and see, what can I see, right? There may be something beautiful in there, but until all of that snow has settled down, you will not be able to see it. So the first thing is to be willing to give yourself time with the expectation that when things settle, you are going to be able to see something in there that's beautiful. And that is is worth holding. There is going to be an experience that you can take out of that. But so patience, I think is very important and understanding that when you talk about in that moment, when this, this story that you told just broke my heart, but teaching that like you feel like this now, but the snow is going to settle. And when it settles, that's when you look and see what are my options? What can I do? What can I learn from this? I love that you bring that up, Gita, because I feel like too many times the event happens and we kind of want to immediately fix it. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it's a value of like, let it marinate. And that sometimes can cause a little bit of pain. Mm-hmm. But I still remember from some sports psychology is when you fail, the best thing to do is to go back to your daily routine. Mm-hmm. Um, let the failure figure itself out. Uh, people are going to play their cards. You know, chips are going to fall, whatever analogy you want to use. Dominoes are eventually going to stop falling. But just go back to being you, which is super hard. And as somebody who's been through failure, it's very, very hard. But you got to have some normalcy. In fact, I remember one of the best things when, when I remember when I got a letter stating that, hey, a patient died. And we think you might be you might be part of the reason why they died. I remember the best, the most therapeutic thing was I just took my kid to soccer practice because soccer practice was a routine. I went to soccer practice. There's three other soccer dads that we typically chat about stuff at soccer practice, and I didn't chat about this. I just chatted about regular life. We talked about football, and but like that three hours of normalcy was actually really healthy of just going about what was already scheduled and letting some of the other things happen behind the scenes. Let my hospital risk, figure it out. Let my group risk, figure it out. Cause I can't do anything and sitting there getting ready, revved up. Doesn't help. That's really hard to do. I think that's such a, I really, really, I've never heard that snow globe analogy. And I think that it's so great, but the question I have now is, and the harder question for me is what do you do while you're waiting for your snow to fall? You know? And I think that's, that's sometimes where myself, I sometimes have a hard time, right? I mean, I've been through, you know, different types of failure enough to be able to say, okay, you know, how can I find, you know, what's going on? But 
how do you, I guess, optimize yourself is the best way of saying it to, to let yourself experience this while, while you're waiting for all the dust to settle. It's a challenge. It's a huge challenge. I think that sometimes just having that knowledge that you are going to feel different in a little while when something hurts so badly that there is a time when, you know, you're usually when, when something terrible happens, you're not even interested in feeling better. You just want to be miserable, right? You, the, all attempts to help you are completely rejected. You just, you're not ready. You're not in that mindset. But having been taught over and over again that this is temporary, these feelings are temporary, and there is going to be a point at which you are willing to look inside and see what can be done here. Now, I think what we're really talking about here, are the, we're talking about big failures, right? We're talking about failures that really are, are hitting at your, your integrity. Living a life of integrity, basically your values and your actions are your is, is what happened reflective of the person who you are. And so when we make these mistakes in medicine, I mean, being a physician is such a huge part of our, it's weaved into our souls, essentially, right? Those mistakes are going to be so fraught with emotion that you do, I think, really, I, I agree with Andy to a little bit, you have to just sort of like, just I'm just going to keep swimming. You're going to just keep swimming, keep swimming, keep swimming. And then at some point you're going to be okay. Might not be right now, but as long as I keep swimming, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to start to feel better. And the first thing I know that routine is very important. Sticking to those things is very important. But the other thing that we didn't talk about yet is talking about it. Error has to get processed. Failure has to be processed. And the shame of failure in medicine it makes it so fraught that we find it very difficult to seek someone out to talk to us about what happened. We may even be worried about like, you know, if I made a mistake, then will they get deposed? There's all sorts of stuff to worry about there. But failure in medicine is really traumatizing. Like in the, when we're talking about a big way, I mean, it's another day we can have conversations about like innovation and creativity and failing in that world. And like, that's totally different and awesome to talk about, but um, failing in, in medicine when we're talking about it like this is I don't think easily processed in any way without talking about it. And probably more than once because the snow globe thing, you know, while that's happening, the way that we make sense out of it is by creating a narrative. We have to create a story about what happened, how it happened, what was my role in it, and and then how does this story end? We like to make a story that makes sense. And while we're making sense of everything, like we have to talk to people. So one of the things that we've got to normalize in medicine is peer support um, and finding ways to support physicians who have made a mistake or an error in judgment and to normalize the process of pairing them with someone. Like if you're, you know, in some places, if you're a police officer and you shoot your gun in the line of duty, there is an automatic, like you are automatically on desk duty. Everybody knows that's a process. You have to get referred to talk to people. That's what happens. We don't have that in medicine. And so somehow we have to make this sort of an opt out scenario where if someone has something like this coming up, we know about it. We're going to talk about it. We have people that you're going to, you're going to talk to them. And I think that's the first step in finding your way through all of that snow. I know that you bring up talking about it because I know this is not why Drew Tanner myself started this, but I can tell you it was a definite byproduct of it is that I remember numerous times over breakfast, we had had a bad day and we had had maybe not a complete failure, but a failure type event 
where like just talking about it with somebody else, with a peer, somebody who had been, you know, we talked about the man in the arena, another person in the arena is super beneficial. It's nothing else just to normalize that. Like it's happened to you. It's happened to me. Like everybody here has failed once. Okay. So that we're not going to like carry this around as like, I'm the only one that's been through this. And I think those conversations are really important. And I think it's important, you know, cause all of us, a couple of us also work in education that this is something to train, train the next round of doctors is that failure should not be this taboo conversation. Failure conversations should be out in the open. They should be normalized. I had this happen uh, in the last month with a learner that put in a central line and nicked an artery and called me devastated. And I was like, well, let me tell you a story about a, uh, an intern named Dr. Little who floated a pacer into the aorta. And we'll talk about that for a minute. And they were just at the end of the conversation, they were crying. I was crying a little bit, but we were both, we normalized like this happens. Perfection is great, but it doesn't always happen. And we're going to make mistakes. It's really amazing how between Jeff, Gita and Andy there, you guys have almost hit exactly what happens for a big failure event for me, which is I have this cool off period, right? Like this, everything is super hot. Your emotions are everywhere. It's rough. And so I, typically have something I do to cool off with, whether it's, you know, doing something as simple as like yard work, going for a run, uh, escaping to the mountains, fly fishing, something to just give me a chance to process internally. But the very next step is then going to talk to somebody. And yesterday on our, our other live event, the topic of failure friend came up where someone that you can just ugly cry with and something comes up, like if it's a really big emotional event, you got to be able to talk about it and you got to be able to share that. And Andy, I think that's the next, like you're saying, the next step is you got to have ugly cry friends, but you have to also be available to someone else to ugly cry too and make it okay to do so. And I think the more we start to make that a process that is open to anybody, or at least seeking out to make sure that you are available to other people to do that too, that's how we make improvements in the system. And then hopefully that translates into a bigger thing where we can actually change the system. And you need a failure wonder twin. Oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say. Uh, I was gonna say failure. Uh, failure mentor. Um, yeah. I, I think normalizing normalizing that with. I mean, Andy. I think about how impactful it would be if you know when when I was a resident, and I'm sure I did this when you were when you were my chief. I said, "Hey, I'm really having a hard time," and you're like, "Let me tell you about this." And the amount of times that I've been able to do that with my own residents where they'll say, oh man, you know, I'm really concerned about this and be able to say, hey, you know what? I hear you and that's really, really hard. Can I tell you about something that happened to me as well? And as a mentor, being able to have that kind of a shared experience to say, hey, this is something that that happens. Um, and we've talked about so many times already here, a single failure is not a definition of someone's practice. Um, and being able to say like, hey, here's how we can grow together. And this is how I grew from a similar situation. And I, I think that this is something that we can also be working through together. If everybody was to kind of give, what's the one thing that, because I want people who have been on this conversation and people who listen to this conversation to know that I think we've talked about how we have to normalize failure. Um, I love the idea of a failure friend or a failure mentor, but I think all of us can each say that when we have failed, the process was not the most comfortable, but I think uh, personally, I came out stronger I can directly tie my failures to some of my biggest successes to where, whether it was clinically to where I found where I failed and I went and I hammered it out and got better at it and better at it to where failure can also be a jump off space 
to a great place for six. But if you, everybody could kind of leave with your own big takeaway of this conversation, what would it be? So my big takeaway from the conversation is this, and it's what has gotten me through failure a lot, which is you are not the only person that ever did that. No matter how incredibly stupid or oversightful or lack of knowledge or whatever the, the reason was, our brains can't wrap our head around the number of other people in the universe that have done the exact same thing. And the law of large numbers means it's it's going to be okay. Other than death and perhaps taxes, there is no impermanence. If you are taking a breath, you have the ability to change and have the ability to make it better. Failure is a great teacher. So learn from it and grow. It hurts, but it makes you better. I will jump off of that with a story that I think about a lot. I keep talking about my kids, but when my daughter, one of my oldest daughter is actually quite good at chess. And when she went to to meet a chess teacher, he sat down with her and started playing games with her just one after another. And he kicked her every single time. And then I couldn't watch any of this, but um, you know, he came out in a couple of hours. He's like, your daughter's going to be great. And I was like, Oh, okay. How'd you know? Uh, he's like, because I just beat her time after time, after time, after time. And all she said was, let me play again. He'd ask, do you want to play again? She said, yeah. So that he's like, she's going to be able to learn. She is not going to get in her own way in terms of thinking I'm bad at this. I'm a failure. She's like, you're going to beat me again, but let me play. I'm going to learn something from that. And I try to, you know, I try to, to learn. I keep giving things that I'm learning from my kids, but I try to learn that. I think that there is an opportunity for growth in every failure and in every obstacle. And I think the difficulty lies in whether or not we're emotionally ready to look for it or believe that it's there and how much we internalize that as meaning that I am a failure as opposed to I failed at this one thing. And that is, it's tough to do, but I think it's a really important takeaway. Or my biggest takeaway is having someone that can help you identify that if it's needed, right? So being able to say, hey, sometimes it's me that has to experience some of the pain, hurt, frustration, shame. But if you're finding yourself in that for too long of a time, having someone that you can say, I need you to help me get to this next level and being able to identify that in summary of what John just said, other people have done this and finding someone that has had a similar situation, a similar experience. So there can be a, a shared mourning and growth together, I think is, is, is paramount to getting yourself to the learning stage of the failure. My takeaway is that we need more of this, this exact conversation. We need to probably lead by example more than anything else. So uh, not being afraid to share our failures, to talk about failure, because it's things like this that snowball into bigger events and bigger conversations of how we can make this a better place for us and all of our failures that we want to get better at. Well, thanks to Jeff and Gita for hopping onto the show. We hope you all enjoyed this uncomfortable, but vulnerable and awesome conversation talking about our failures. And hope you check us out for other episodes of the EM Over Easy podcast and check us out on our social media pages of Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.